Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. So, yeah, I just uh, wanted to talk to you guys um I know you guys have been talking to Lopaka, right, about the Hawaii Paranormal Convention? Yes. And so me and my sister Allison have been working on that, too, for a few months now and uh, helping out. And to, well, to us, we're from Wisconsin, so to us, the idea of uh, a paranormal convention in Hawaii sounds miraculous. I, th- I think a, uh, any type of convention in Hawaii, I mean, <laughs> it, any, any reason to go to Hawaii is miraculous. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so... Uh, so let me just tell you a little bit about our podcast. Um, what we do is we, we talk about some kind of uh, paranormal topic. We do an interview every week or we pick a movie and talk about the paranormal influences behind the movie and stuff like that. And then we write a song inspired by the conversation or about each episode. So it's kind of like a paranormal a pop culture type of thing. Right. Okay. And um, anyway, so... When Lopaka said you guys were involved in the uh, Paranormal Convention, I'm like, oh, we get a chance to promote the convention as well as uh, get a show out of it. So that's why we wanted to talk to you. Okay. So, oh, I see you now. There you go. Okay. I'll try to. It's good. It's fine. Okay. Split. Yeah. Oh, I, I got to get closer to you? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Looks like we're good. All right. So how do you guys like to be called? Like, what's your preferred... Um, you know, some people like to be called like paranormal adventurers or something like that. Like what's your, like, you know, so what, what's your preferred titles? Uh, mine would be psychic medium and okay. I'm an investigator well, but usually most known for the psychic medium part. Yeah. And, um, I am, I'm more so known as the, uh, historian and, uh, profiler, uh, for the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, uh, of course on our show, uh, Haunted Towns and Ghost Asylum. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so that's how I introduce you. So I'll just start up. We'll just start have a, 
having a conversation wherever it goes doesn't matter if you guys get something to push it's perfectly cool. okay to be like hey come to our website and check this out or hey we're at tv on tuesday watch our freaking show that's absolutely <laughs> fine like i don't cool. um good self-promotion is part of the deal that's why that's why we're all doing this all right <laughs> that's so, it all right, joining us today, you guys are in uh, on the East Coast right now, right? Yes. Right now, yes. Okay, fantastic. Joining us today live, we have psychic medium Stephanie Burke and historian and ghost investigator Scott Porter from the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are you? Well, it's, it's negative five in Wisconsin today, so uh, it's par for the course. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a popsicle, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's about what we expect over here. But anyway, thank you guys for stopping by. Um, let's just start talking about what got you guys. What I'm always interested in is what made people weirdos in the first place. So, I mean, I know what made me into a like a professional weirdo. So what got you guys into ghosts and the paranormal and stuff like that uh, in the first place? Hey, this, this one's got a great story, and I love to hear it every time she tells it. All right. So I'm going to put her up first. I, uh, I was born a weirdo, so I don't know what it's like <laughs> to be normal. And I tell people that all the time. Uh, every, you know, Everybody asks me, when did you discover that you were a psychic medium? Or when did you know that you could communicate with spirit? And I have always been able to do it. My first and earliest memory of being able to see um, a spirit physically in front of me was when I was about 18 months old. And it wasn't until I was about seven when I lost my grandmother that I realized what I was actually doing because, you know, one minute I had her physically and then the next minute I could see her in a different form, but I couldn't touch her. I couldn't hold her. I couldn't really communicate the way that I used to with her. So that was like my first realization that I was definitely strange. So my mom had. So, let's, unpack, let's unpack that for a second because I'm, okay. a, I'm a guy that's never, I mean, I've seen a couple of weird things, but nothing, you know, like, not like, hey, grandma's still here in the room or whatever. So yeah. when you first had that experience, what, like, so you were looking at someone and when you said they appeared in a different form, what kind of different form do you mean? Um, so different form, meaning, you know, as you and I are talking right now, as Porter's sitting right next to me, there's a physical form, you know, I can sit here and, you know, touch his arm and, you know, feel, you know, something physical there. Um, but when I, I remember very specifically when I knew my grandmother was sick, she was diagnosed with small cell lung cancer, which takes you very fast. And, uh, it was a very short amount of time that we had with her once she was diagnosed. And, um, we knew it was even shorter because she was actually allergic to the chemo. So she okay. had to stop it. So we, we knew it was going to be uh, quick. And a seven-year-old doesn't usually understand those things. But like I said, I was a little weird. So um, I remember when my mom actually told me that she finally crossed over and she passed. And I didn't even let out one emotion because it was almost like she had been preparing me for it anyways. And then when it happened, I didn't understand what that meant because I could still see her. And she, you know, she, she looks like you and I, but just a little see-through, you know, not totally the, the physical mass that, you know, we're used to. Sure. And, um, you know, she popped in and out, you know, she didn't walk out of her room like a normal person. It was what she would appear. Um, and then she would disappear. So it was very strange to get used to, but I knew that there was something different. I understood on a soul level what was happening, but I, I didn't understand death like someone else would, you know, the normal grieving process, the normal, uh, loss of a loved one. You're never going to see them again is the feeling that people normally get, but I couldn't understand that. Even to this day, I still am not good with it just because I end up, um, forgetting, is the way that I describe it. You know, I'll go okay. to drive home 
drive by my grandparents' house and, and totally forget that they've been gone for 10 years. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, the idea that you haven't had to deal with, uh, well, the, the regular grieving and death process like the rest right. of us have. Like, what idea, like, so when my grandma died, that was it. Right. Like, she wasn't in the room or nothing like that. Like, she was in the ground. So right. that, that, um, that's an interesting perspective, the fact that your entire life, uh, yes. you, you see dead people. Right. All My right. Entire life. So that's where, you're, that's where you're coming from, Stephanie. Now, Porter, yes. where are you coming from? Do you see dead people as well? You know, not the same way that, uh, that Stephanie uh, sees them or maybe not as often, uh, although there have been times. Not as often, but <laughs> there have been times. Things have gotten real weird lately. That's that's the thing Good. about it. Uh, you know, I mean, throughout my life, you know, I have I grew up in a, in a strict Christian home. Uh, you know, very faith based. You know, very firm belief. And uh, you know, I've been around death all my life. You know, my my father's a preacher, uh, pastor of the church. So you know, I've always been around that. And um, you know, it, what the interesting thing was is that everybody you talk to, and, and typically in the South, you know. You, everybody gets together after the funeral, after the wake, and all that stuff. And you hang out, and you talk, you kind of reminisce, and sure. and just be. Together. And uh, it's it's funny to hear everybody has a ghost story, whether they believe or not. They have a story about something that they can't explain. And so, now, you know, throughout speaking life, from a speaking from like a, like a Southern Baptist perspective or whatever, so they're cool with the it's ghosts, or they don't think it's you know like the devil coming like taking the form of somebody that. Well, I mean, there's different thoughts, you know, there's, there's, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think we, tr you know, as far as from that aspect of it, we don't truly know, uh, because, you know, it, even the Bible tells us that there are demons among us, and what better way for a demon to try to deceive us and to appear to us as someone we loved and lost in life and make us think that they still walk the earth in that form. Well, I absolutely believe it, because I've dated them. Yes, yes, <laughs> I was, I was married to one. Uh, um, so, <laughs> but, um. You know, that's the thing about it, though. You hear these stories throughout life, and, and so it makes you curious, you know? And mm -hmm. so so I had this curiosity that, that I wanted to know why everybody had these stories, and, and there's got to be some kind of common ground, some kind of common connection, and there has to be something to it. And then years later, uh, when I was in college, I was at home at my parents' house one, night, or one weekend. I got up, and I smelled breakfast. I could smell, you know, the eggs, the bacon, the, you know, the, the biscuits. And all that, and I walk in the hallway. And when you're in and college and you come home for breakfast, it's even better. It you know, is better. Like, like it's way better than being like a kid and be like, "Oh, <laughs> breakfast just happens." No, when you're in college, you're like, "Oh my God, somebody has to make breakfast happen." So, yeah, yes, and somebody's making breakfast for you, and but just don't come home smelling like booze. That's the thing. Don't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, I, I walked in the hallway, and and you know, it had been a night that had been, you know, I'd been home, I hadn't been out running around. But I looked, at, I looked in the kitchen, and I saw what I thought was my mom. And I could see her moving. I could hear the skillet. I could hear the ceiling, or the uh, the exhaust fan running. I could, I could hear everything. So I went to the bathroom, freshened it up. Couldn't have been there more than 30 seconds. Uh, you know, splash some water in the face, wash my hands, yada, yada, yada. And I walk out, and the odor's gone. There's no sound. There's no smell. There's no nothing. And so I checked everywhere that I would normally look. There was no breakfast there. I yelled for my parents. They weren't there. Uh, and finally, I... I thought, well, I'll call and see where they're at because their car's gone. So I called them and I said, hey, where's, where'd you do breakfast? And my dad's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, y'all were, mom was just in here cooking breakfast and she'd always leave me a plate in the microwave and there's not one in there. What did y'all do with it? And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So I heard a commotion. My mom got on the phone and she's like, what are you saying? And I said, well, I just got up. You were in here cooking breakfast and I was going to eat some. And she goes, honey, we're, we're shopping. We've been shopping for hours. 
I said, I just saw you. You were standing at the, at the stove in a pink house coat cooking breakfast. And she said, number one, I don't own a pink house coat. Number two, if somebody's in that house cooking breakfast, call the police and get out. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to eat first if I can find the food, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that really made me curious because that was my first true vivid experience. And I really wanted to know what else was out there. Okay, well, well, that's awesome. So you guys said uh, that's a couple of very different introductions to the weird. You know, yes. for, first of all, one like okay, you grew up with it, and the other like okay, I, I I found this out later in life. Like not even, you know, like high school experimenting. Like whoa, we play with a Ouija board, and all of a sudden I talked. <laughs> it was like hey, I I saw somebody. What I was hoping making me bacon didn't happen, but okay, so. <laughs> No. It was a bacon Ouija board. That's what it was. <laughs> right. So how did you move into uh, wanting to research this more? Now, I know, Stephanie, I've listened to you on the, the South Coast, the Paranormal South Coast Radio. Yeah. What's called? Spooky South, uh, Spooky South yep. Coast. And you're in Massachusetts. I am. Okay. And um, so how did you get involved in your various, like, and Scott on the Tennessee Wraith Chasers and eventually doing stuff on Destination America. How did you guys get involved in uh, not just being interested in this kind of stuff, but then moving it to a place where you're comfortable with sharing with everyone that, mm -hmm. okay, hey, I look for ghosts. Hey, I see dead people. Hi. Yeah. Like, well, how would you guys get into that? That's a great question. Um, so not only could I experience all of this stuff, but it was always a fascination of mine. You know, anything to do with a ghost story or um, a lot of like, even like true crime stuff uh, fascinated me, you know, growing up. And um, God, I, I just told the story the other day, but I, I had this weird almanac, which was all about vampires and werewolves and ghosts and all these crazy stories. And I used to hide it in like in between my textbooks. Okay. So my parents think I was doing homework, but I'd be reading it. So I, I loved all of it. And, you know, any type of, you know, TV show around the Halloween time that, um, would come on, I, I was obsessed. And, uh, I started to move into, um, you know, as I get older, I, I was the kid with the haunted house. So that didn't really help me any either. My house was built in 1792. It was part of the underground railroad. It was like grand central station. I had ghosts walking in and out the entire time. None of my friends wanted to come over. Uh, so that, that didn't really add to my story very well. As far um, as your parents, though, were your parents yeah. like okay with everything, or were they like, did you did you share with them the fact that you could see things or that you were having experiences? Or were they like, oh, that's we have experiences too, or we get it, or the, you know, or were they weird about it? So, like, how did your parents <laughs> deal with the fact that you were living in a haunted house built? I mean, 1792 in Wisconsin. That's you know before, right. Any, Right, any of the settlers or whatever are here, and it, me as a Polak, I'm like 1792. I think we were still, you know, hauling dirt in <laughs> Warsaw or whatever. So, uh, uh, so well, how did your parents deal with it? So I, uh, that that's another great story. Um, my entire life, I. <laughs> I would do things to my parents that would drive them absolutely insane. My mom actually has a gift and wants nothing to do with it. And my dad was a ghost hunter. You know, he was taking pictures with infrared film on really, really old cameras in like the 60s and 70s. And I remember finding them as a kid and he would always tell ghost stories or 
he had the same obsession and fascination with the ghost that I did. And it was fine to talk about it in that sense. But when I started to do things to my parents that really, you know, brought out the abilities that I had, it kind of freaked them out a little bit. My, they never told me I was wrong. Not until I was older. Um, but when I was very little, gosh, there's, there's a VHS tape out there. And I know uh, Porter and I have talked about it a bunch of times. I'm going to have to find it and, you know, take a video of it. So that way I can post it out to the world. Um, of me at Christmas, I was two. And I would pick up every single box that they would hand me. And it's wrapped. And say, oh, thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad, for this. And I would say exactly what was in the box. And then just hand it off to them so they could unwrap it. Because they already knew what it was. And I'm still like that to this day. Nobody can hand me something without me knowing what's inside of a present. So everybody hates me because you can't surprise me. Um, that's a good That's so, a good tip. Yes. <laughs> like, don't yes. don't bother. You know, just, just put up an right. Amazon wish list. Because don't, right. you know, no surprises. Yeah. So, um my, my father would kind of, you know, just deal with my abilities and kind of brush them off because he's, he's a hardcore skeptic. And uh, around the time that John Denver died, and I can't remember exactly how old I was, I remember sitting down, and this is, you know, before the days of the internet, and, um, you know, you had the news, but the news was behind because nothing was instant at that point. And uh, I sat down and I just said, you know, Daddy, who was John Denver? And he told me, you know, he's a singer and everything else, you know, about him. And I said, oh, okay, well, he just died in a plane crash. And he didn't know what to do with himself. He was, you know, how do you, how do you know that? That's not true. That's and pretty I just, cool. Yeah. And I started to I mean, explain. Not cool for John Denver, obviously. Right, no. right, right, right. So it, I think as soon as it came out, he came back, back to me and said, how did you know that? And he like sat me down all serious, you know, hands on my shoulders and needed to know. And I, you know, I explained to him how I know. And I was just explaining to him how my abilities worked and how I knew. And he just said, okay, so we're going to deal with this when your mother gets home. Um, I think that you might be psychic like your grandmother was. And at that point, I felt, I can't even begin to describe the emotion I felt. It was a mixture between sadness and anger. Because I didn't know what psychic was, you know. Sure. I was very young. But, um, I remember feeling like my grandmother had something to do with this, but she already passed, so I'll never know. And I kind of just, you know, took that in. And, like, I understood, you know, kind of like on a soul level, but not really, you know, a logical level for how young I was. And um, I, we kind of left it alone after that. And um, Well, you had to grieve for John Denver. Funny. And for, for you guys out there that haven't, <laughs> if you're listening... So John Denver obviously was a singer in the seventies. I knew him because he like did stuff with the Muppets, and that's how I figured out. But <laughs> but uh, but John Denver died in the nineteen nineties, or maybe yeah. it was the early two thousands in an ultralight crash. So an ultralight's like a personal flight vehicle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's basically like between like a hang glider and a right. little plane. And he 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 died you know in the mountains as he used to like to sing about or whatever. Um, so the fact, I mean, you're, so you're obviously younger than me, Stephanie, and the fact that you might yes. know who John Denver is or might know that he died bef- like before the news said it or whatever, if right. I was your father, I would have freaked out too. Yeah, he totally <laughs> did. So, but he, but he let my mother handle it. And, uh, you know, after that, my parents would tell me all the time, the house isn't haunted, it's fine, you know, not a big deal, there's no ghosts, because they wanted me to be able to sleep at night, make me feel comfortable, so it gets to the point where I was probably about, you know, 15 or so, and I sat my mother down, and I said, okay, listen, because I, I tried to run from my abilities at one point, because I wanted to be accepted at school, and, you know, be normal, and um, I didn't want to be that weird kid with a haunted house that talked to ghosts, so... I sat my mother down and I said, okay, listen, she was a nurse for 20 plus years. And I said, you're going to either have to take me somewhere and have me evaluated and medicated, or you can tell me that this house is haunted. 
And she laughed at me and she started to tell me all about each spirit that was in the house and that she was able to see and communicate with, but she tried to bury it because she didn't want me to be afraid. And um, my poor brother for years never said anything, but he was experiencing the same thing. And, um, but I always used to fix it for him. And um, even now, you know, I haven't lived at home in a long time and he'll still call me when something's happening and I have to come fix it for him. So um, we finally sat down, we had the conversation. She told me about the family history. She told me about everything and I felt so much better, but I still felt like, how am I going to tell people about this? You know, I, I've had people my entire life that I've hid this from. Um, I think it was at the time, my high school boyfriend was the only one that knew about it. And it was just because he spent so much time with me that he noticed things that most people did not. Even, um, I, I had a great time, you know, explaining things away to my friends and just making it seem like I was really good at, you know, knowing what they were thinking or saying the same thing as them at the same time. It was just a coincidence. And or very, <laughs> very uh, astute as to predicting their Christmas presents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it, it, in middle school and high school, people used to call me fortune cookie because they would come to me for advice and it would come true. And I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, you know, being like 12, 13 years old, but that's what I was doing. And um, it kind of stuck. So, you know, it was out there a little bit, but not mainstream. Like, you know, once ghost hunters hit the air, it was a lot you know, easier for everybody to understand that things are out here and there's people on TV that are, you know, out there, you know, hunting these things and, and looking for these things. But I was still terrified. And um, it wasn't until I think it was it was either my senior year in high school um, or my junior year in high school, I started listening to Spooky South Coast. And I said, oh, my God, there's people in this area that are just like me. And this was before this was probably about 2005 or so. So Ghost Hunters had only been on the air uh, for about a year and I started to realize that you know paranormal groups were popping up everywhere probably all over the country all over the world and um but these people were in my backyard so I started to listen to the radio and then um fast forward um I think probably my first year of college I went to the radio station uh with a friend and there was a medium on that night that was doing readings live on air and um I was sitting in the background, and anybody that's been in a radio station, especially one that hasn't been updated, you know that you can't hear the caller unless you have the headphones on. Right. So, because they have two stations there, one has it, you can hear it throughout the speakers, but we were in the one that you cannot hear unless you have the headphones on. And she was doing readings, and she was starting to struggle a little bit because it was toward the end of the night. And um, I was just, you know, looking at my phone, playing on my phone, waiting for the radio show to be over so I could talk to everybody. And I was way back in the corner and I just popped up, not paying attention and said, you're talking to my brother on the phone. You're trying to connect with my grandfather. This is what he's trying to piece together for you. And basically just told her everything and then looked back at my phone. And everybody in the room just sat there and didn't know what to do or say. They continued on. Right. So they're like, well, let's get this chick off the air. And like, right. you, <laughs> you should come here because obviously she's not figuring it out. So. So I, I didn't, I didn't go know back I did. to the psychic fair, honey, or whatever. We, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, we got off the air, you know, they get off the air, they, they finished their thing. And I walked up to say goodbye. And my friend, Tim, who's the host of the show said, Hey, when you decide to finally come out of the closet and be comfortable with what you do, I want to be your first interview. And I remember thinking, how does he know? And I walked out. I didn't know until they released the video on YouTube afterward what I had done. And I basically outed myself to the world and didn't mean to. But I could still keep it under wraps at that point. And um, I tried to ghost hunt to kind of really get a feel for the, the, you know, the phenomena of, you know, yeah. everything that's going on. And 
I, <laughs> I wasn't very good at looking at equipment because I was constantly connecting and I was constantly, you know, seeing, you know, spirit here, feeling energy there, having a conversation. And I finally, um, I don't remember when my true, you know, out to the world type of, um, situation was, but I, I gradually moved into it and I had the support from a ton of people who, you know, said, I want to work with you here. I want to work with you there. But it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until I filmed for TLC's Kindred Spirits with Amy Bruni and Adam Berry that that was my true, you know, here, here it is national television. I can't hide from it anymore. And that was really terrifying for me because I had hit it for so long. And I always said, I never wanted to be out there in the spotlight, but if I had a chance to help someone, then I would do that. And so that's when, you, when you came out like that, were yep. people like, Hey, what are the lottery numbers? Or is my girlfriend cheating on me? Or like, so what kind of things do people ask you when you're signing? I've been trying the lottery numbers for months now. <laughs> right. She won't do. Yeah. Um, like what's no, the no. mega bucks or whatever. Like what, so what kind of questions do people ask you if they think you're psychic or if they think you're, they're reading your minds, you know, like, do you I find have, people treat you differently? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, closer friends of mine will never ask me anything, even if they need help. And I think it's just because they, they forget that I do this sort of thing and they try to respect and not be like everybody else. Um, I get the constant questions. People always want to know about their love life. People always want to know about financial situations. So that'll be the, the most common thing that people ask me. But the, the true, uh, you know, first question from everyone and anyone, doesn't matter who they are, is they want to hear from a loved one because the grief is just so heavy. And I try to help as much as possible with that aspect of things because I know how much that that can hurt. I've lost a lot of people. And like I said before, even though my, my sense of death isn't the same as everyone else, because I know it's not totally final, it still hurts just as much. I'm still human. Um, so what happens but, like, so let's say that somebody's, you know, like you say, the first thing people want to know is, Hey, is my grandma okay? Or is my you know, right. mother finally happy on the other side or whatever? Is my dad not so much of a prick? Um, <laughs> So, like, what, uh, like, what happens if you can't, if you don't see anything, or you're like, hey, that person's not communicating with me, or something? Like, have you had to tell people, uh, like, sorry, mom's not talking, or anything like that, or, or, or maybe mom's still judging you? Like, mom, no, your mother still thinks you're a failure. So they always want to know if they're okay and if they're happy. That's that's the number one question, and I kind of skip over that a lot because I just assume everybody knows that they're okay, and I've had to you know rewind myself at times and like let people know and reassure them because I always forget that that's the most common thing that people do want to know. Um, when it comes to spirits on the other side, you know they've crossed over, they kind of let go of their human emotions. You know, if you have a blowout fight with someone and they die the next day, you know we're left with the guilty feelings. We're left with right. what if they're not. And, you know, so mending that, that's actually really common. You know, people will come to make sure that they can, you know, tie up those loose ends and like, you know, really mend the relationship. But once they've crossed over, they don't care about that. They just care about your, your well-being and, you know, full of love for you. And um, so you think that I spirits, have... once they cross over, are not as angry as they are when they're here. Uh, uh, no, so you uh, feel like, hey, you know, it's, it's all right. Because usually we think about ghosts. We think about ghosts that have been created or something because of yep. a tragedy or because of a, right. you know, something horrible happening. And you're saying that in the, your experience, ghosts mm -hmm. are like, whatevs, I'm dead. Well, you're, you're talking about two <laughs> different things. Okay. So you have yeah. past ones that have crossed over, you know, onto the other side, not hanging around. They can come back and visit whenever they want. Ghosts, 
meaning earthbound spirits are still here and they still hold on to their human emotions and they still have, you know, a lot of their personality, you know, they're going about their business as if they were when they were living. That's sometimes, totally- sometimes they're making Porter breakfast. <laughs> yes. 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 But it wasn't good. I didn't get to try it. But, hey. <laughs> right. No, so, no fair ghost. Yeah. No fair. Those ghost jerk. Don't hold on to those emotions at all. Um, you know, the, the most that they do get is, you know, the concern for us here. They don't lose their personality. Usually though, when they go to communicate. So if someone was a jerk here, they're going to kind of be jerky on the other side too. Sure. Um, so that doesn't really change, but I have had, um, instances where, um, very few, I want to say maybe two or three in gosh, the 15 years that I've been doing this, that, um, I can describe them to a T. I can tell the person that I'm reading exactly, you know, this is what they look like. You know, this is kind of like their mannerisms and everything else. Here's a few bits of information but if they're stubborn and they, you know, they're either not comfortable with the process because it's the first time that someone's connecting to them, or they don't really know what to do, which is kind of common sometimes. If you know the person's never been read before, they've never talked to a medium before, sure. then that can be a little awkward at times. But usually, the second or third time, you know, people, they they get a little uh, more comfortable and they can communicate. But it, it doesn't. Happen. I'm just looking for one to do laundry. <laughs> Like, like want to help out around the house would be great. Yeah, right. help out the house, you know, cut grass, do laundry, you know, or, fix things. Or, I, t- I tell you, so my daughter is 15 months old, so I think about, like, daycare expenses and stuff. Like, if, if a ghost could come in, like, I would be happy to hire an illegal immigrant ghost or whatever. Like, I would be completely comfortable <laughs> with that uh, to save me some bucks. So what's the most surprising thing that um, you think a spirit has said to you where you were like, hey, I didn't see that one coming? Or, you know, like, hey, like somebody came through and said something where you're like, oh, I don't know if I should say this to the person or whatever. Is, is, is that kind of situation happened where it's like, oh, they're still full of love, but. Most awkward. Um, and it's tough because I, I can't think logically when I do that. Um, I think. I, I can think of a couple instances, but there was one time where I had to repeat exactly what they were saying and I didn't understand what it meant, but I said, I just need to say this to you. You know, unbeknownst to me, I was swearing in Italian. Oh. Um, so I said the F-bomb. Um, so that was fun. There was another time where um, I have this spirit that comes through pretty regularly and um, he complains about his daughter to his son all the time. Um, and that can get, you know, a little awkward. Sure. If you're doing that kind of crowd, especially. Um, and you know, they'll say, you know, cause they'll express their disappointment and I'll, I'll have to say, Hey, you know, um, dad's not really happy with how your sister's acting. And like, I have to say it how it is because it's not up to me to interpret it. It's just sure. up to me to deliver the information exactly how it is. Because if I sugarcoat something and your, your past loved one is swearing in Italian, you know, that's their personality. That's what's going to make that person feel validated. You know, who am I to change the story? So that's not up to me, but, um, I've had, you know, other instances where, um, you know, an ex-boyfriends come through to somebody and the husband's sitting right next to the person, uh, you know, just weird situations that we consider strange, you know, in the human form, sure. but, uh, you know, it, it usually gets awkward and I try to make light of it at least to make everybody feel comfortable, but okay. it, it does get interesting. Hmm. It gets pretty funny. Hmm. Well, the, I, I, I'd always think that the, uh, the family secrets or whatever coming through, because oh, yeah. I mean that's the most validation you can get because right. it's like oh yeah well I'm not your real mother what you know like, you know something like, <laughs> oh, like thrown out there, um, yep. and then you're like well hey I you didn't make that up or whatever like that was what was right. that hey that's what she said man like I'm just here 
Like I'm, you know, I'm Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Uh, okay. So Porter, how did you get um, from seeing the lady in the pink house coat, then to being like, okay, well, I'm going to now travel with a team and um, be okay with putting my picture all over the television and stuff like that. With as as a as a guy that goes out and does this, how did you get there? Well, you know, it, it's funny because you know you 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 have these experiences and you you think, gosh, there's no one else out there that's that's going to be like me. They're going to people are going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm nuts. Uh, you know, and so I, well, I am. I mean, you know, uh, you too. But uh, you know, we, we're we're a nutty pair at this point. We've been sure. traveling for a while with each other. So, um, but yeah, it's it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because you start thinking like that, and 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 you wonder if there's anybody else out there that's experiencing this stuff. And then um, I can remember when my grandmother passed away. Um, I walked into the room the day she died, and when I walked in, she looked at me and and she said, "Who's that old man?" And my mom looked at me, and and I was looking at my grandmother. Looked back at my mom. My mom was like. That's that's Scott, Granny, and she goes, oh, I know it's Scott. Who's that old man with it? And I was like, and of course, both of us, my mother and I, both we looked around like, what is she seeing? Oh and yeah, that the, the deathbed apparitions kind of thing yeah. that you hear about that so, all the time. Well, I oh mean, we hear about it all that time because we're weirdos, but like regular people right. don't hear about that all the time, right? Oh man, but it was yeah, it was crazy. And 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 the other thing that was real unique, and of course, I have a medical background too. So the thing that was really unique about my grandmother when she passed. Her heart would actually stop beating. She would be in asystole, uh, no electrical activity in her heart whatsoever for a minute. And the entire time, she would be sitting there talking to you. And you could you could literally watch her, her as her heart started beating again. You could see it in her neck. And and then you'd see it stop. And, and you would just wait. But she would just keep talking. Um, and she was always talking about her relationship with God and her her, her experience with, with God. And, and it was just amazing to, experience, to, to watch that and see that. And then to hear her talking about there being some old man with me. Um, so take take that story and spring forward with all the other crazy stories I've had. Um, you know, a buddy of mine, Doogie, we hung out together, worked out together. Um, and, you know, we had uh, an interest in the, in the paranormal. And he had bought a house that was haunted. And we used to see things happen there, hear stuff happen. And we always said we needed to set up cameras and try to catch it. Of course, we were sitting around there watching ghost hunters on TV. And, you know, that's, where, who, that's who we were idolizing at that point. And. You know, and it was it was it was like we got to figure out how to do this stuff here, and and so what? So you're living in Tennessee, yep. What what part of Tennessee? Like rural, the city, or like what what areas? Kind of rural, out, outside of Nashville. And you're right. Okay, so you're living outside of Nashville, the rural yep. area. You're watching the ghost hunters, and you're like, yep, we can do. We got to do this. We got to do this. You know, <laughs> but not on TV. We just got to do this for ourselves. And so you know, we kind of. You know, kind of all of us went our separate ways, you know, and I, I knew Chris from church, and but we all different different ways. And then Chris ended up on uh, Ghost Hunters Academy, and then he uh, he didn't go back for the second season. He came back to Tennessee and tried to start, you know, start his own team, uh, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, with some guys that he uh, worked with at the newspaper. And then uh, he ran into Doogie one day at the hospital and was talking to Doogie about it, and Doogie got involved and said, you know, I would like to join. And, and so then Doogie called me and asked me if I want to get into it. And uh, I was like, heck yeah, man, we've always talked about that. So, um, you know, that's kind of how we started the team. And then uh, uh, down the road, we were posting some of our evidence and some of our experiences on online on our webpage and on YouTube. And uh, one day we got an email that asked if we were interested in, or would be interested in doing our own TV show. And I think we deleted it the first time. We thought it was just a joke. 
And, uh, and then they reached back out to us again. And, and so we responded, you know, still thinking it was a joke. And, and lo and behold, here we are today, uh, 50, 50 episodes later. Well, that, <laughs> uh, still, that, still hunting. That's fantastic. So when you guys do the TV stuff, like what kind of input do you get from? So as the historian, obviously, you have vetted the venues, vetted the places right. you go to and checked it out. And yeah. then you participate in the investigations. You go through that. Right. So, how much input uh, do the TV producers have, or whatever, when they're like, "All right, juice this up." Like, hey, we haven't seen anybody like put a stick an old woman in a corner or something like that. Like, <laughs> so, what? Like, how do they do that? Because I'm always interested. Because sometimes, you know, you watch Ghost Adventures or whatever, and they'll make. Um, you know, like Zach feels a tingle in his arm, and then like you wait for 15 minutes. Like Zach felt a tingle in his arm, and he's like, "What's up, brother? I feel a tingle in my arm, man." <laughs> and you know, so yeah. how do you juice it up, or you know, are you finding that um, you're allowed to present your results to the world mostly unmolested? Well, that's what that was one of the things that we started out when we when we first agreed to do the show. Uh, we told them, we said, you know, and, and Tremendous and Destination America have been fabulous with working with us because we told them that if we're going to do the show, we want to take the viewer on the experience that we have. We want them to experience what we experience. Uh, we don't want to manufacture. We want, if it, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, even when we were filming our pilot episode, uh, Ghostland Tennessee, uh, we had a, uh, a show, a, a producer that was on set uh, that was really getting bored he was he was you know getting tired of things happening Which is, I, I mean and that's 95 percent of ghost hunting it's like that's all right it. guys let's you know i hope that's you brought it. words with friends or whatever on your phone because that's what you're gonna be doing <laughs> got it because i mean this stuff doesn't happen on command so uh but but this producer he was he was really adamant about getting something to happen and i finally i set him down and i said listen if you'll shut up and get out of our way we'll do our job and you'll get a tv show but if you keep doing this crap, we're just going to get mad and we're going to take you in the woods and we're going to whoop your butt. Right. And so you're going to get a backwards ass kicking. We're just, we're just going to whip your ass. That's what we told him. <laughs> so, so he sat down and sulked and, and got quiet and, uh, we started doing our investigation and lo and behold, uh, we had something go down and ended up with, uh, what I like to call the booger in the box. It was the first episodes where we had the devil's toy box and, I still can't explain that thing, man. That was ridiculous when, well, when that for, thing was scratching. For people that might not have seen it, why don't you set that up real quick? So we, we were always talking about doing experiments and trying to find something that was different. And so uh, I think it was Chasey Ray that came to us. Uh, we all used to sit around and talk about this stuff. And, and Chasey came and he said, man, I was reading about this thing called a devil's toy box where you take six mirrors and you face them inward and make a cube. And it's supposed to help you either communicate or the spirit gets inside of it and can't get away or, you know, he had read all kinds of stories. And so we were like, sounds like a good deal. Let's try it, you know, because we'll try anything once. As long as it doesn't kill us, we'll try it again. Right. Um, it's just mirrors. You know, that's just mirrors. Uh, what are they going to do, cut you? Um, but anyway, so we, we decided to build this thing and we put it in this house that this family had issues. They were having, having things happen and they couldn't explain it. And so we had this box sitting on the second floor of the house in the hallway. And as we were doing our investigation, it was very quiet. And then all of a sudden, we started getting some activity around some of the meters, the EMF, uh, the, the K2s, the, the, the male meters that were around it, the elf meters around it. We started seeing that there was some EMF building up around this devil's toy box. 
And so we got up there and we started asking some pointed questions. And, and at one point in time, I said, okay, we've got these meters all around the box. From my viewpoint, can you light up just the meters on the right-hand side? And they lit up. And I said, okay, that's a cool trick. Can you do the ones on the left-hand side? And the ones on the left-hand side lit up. And so then, so we're thinking, okay, we've got something that's really communicating with us, something that's you know interacting with us through these, these devices. And so I said, let's take this box and take it outside and see if whatever's there travels with us. So Chasey Ray and I picked the box up, and we're carrying it down the steps. And as we start to go down the steps, we feel something move inside of it. Now, mind you, there's nothing inside this box except for mirrors that are in a, in a wooden frame inside the box facing inward so that they can't fall in or move, and they're glued together. But how and big is it? It's a, Well, the, the actual cube is a foot by it's 12 inch tiles, 12 inch mirrored tiles in a cube. So it's, it's okay. 12 inch, 12 inch by 12 inch. And, uh, and the box is even bigger. So the, the box that it was inside, cause we had it set inside of a protective box. And, uh, as we carried it down the steps, we felt something move in it. And I thought it was him and he thought it was me. And when we figured out that it was neither one of us, it, it kind of startled us. And so we carried this thing outside and set it in the yard and it still had activity around it. The temperature went to 66.6, which was kind of ironic because the temperature outside that night wasn't that cool. Okay. And so then we were like, okay, what are we going to do with this thing? And so uh, our producer that was on set, the one that we told you that's no longer around, um, well, he's working for Disney now. But um, he uh, he said, well, we got to blow it up. You guys are Tennessee boys. You got to blow this thing up. And we're like, no, 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 no. We're not. We're not going to blow this box up. There, if that. They're, no, we're not doing that. Right, you guys got to have a firework somewhere, don't you? Like a grenade yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, some... yeah you got to blow it up. You got you to explode it. And I'm like, listen, if, if, if this thing actually worked and there's a booger in this box and we blow it up, then you're going to have a booger outside the box that's pissed and somebody's getting hurt. Right. Specify for those of us up north that... <laughs> a ghost in the box. Okay. Golly. I say booger all the time and she's like, what are you doing? Picking your nose? Well, it, it sounds like somebody sneezed in a box. Right, right? <laughs> are we talking a tissue box? What, what, what are we talking about? He says bugger all the time. I'm like, what are you, what are you it's saying? It's a bugger. Don't you know what a bugger? Like, no. I could say haint. It's a haint in a box. I still wouldn't know what that was. So you I know, oh, a haint. I just, I, I read a, I just read a, um, a story about uh, fairies in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, the Tufa. Or whatever, in Tennessee, Tufa is a, a particular, it's like a book series by a guy that from Tennessee, but he lives in Wisconsin though. Okay. Uh, but he was talking about the haints that were visiting the Tufa. The the, so, the haints, and I thought you were saying Tooth Fairy at first. No, oh, no, uh, Tufa. The idea is that there's a particular um, group of English and Irish that moved to Tennessee right. in you know, and and they have their their fairy folk that live. Their fairy. Mm -hmm. so, there you so, go. Uh, that's a that's a fun book series, but but haint that was I mean I heard that word before, but that's the word they use very frequently. So very frequent. haint or now I will call them booger. Booger. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, get that booger over here. And if you got a booger in a box, you got to look make sure it's not a tissue, right? Right. Okay. Right. Make sure make sure that it's slimer and not slime. Okay. That's so exactly. now. You guys have done a bunch of investigations together now. Yes. Yeah. And you also do, you know, like they have like, hey, you know, you can do an investigation with Porter and Stephanie and things like that. So right. 
describe to when you guys do an investigation. Um, first of all, it's it's pretty handy to have a psychic around because most oh. of the people I hang around with, you know, don't see anything. Or I'm lucky if they can, you know, spell. Um, <laughs> so the idea. So how do you guys do an investigation? Like, how does this start out? What do you bring to the table? Um, so for people who might be interested in checking out investigation or just want to investigate your way, mm-hmm. what are some specific things you guys do when you set up to do an investigation? Wow. Question. That is a good question. You know, we kind of go with the flow. You know, that's the thing is, is we, we get in there mm-hmm. and we, and the ones that we've done that we just kind of go with the feel, you know, you, you start your thing and, and, and I'm usually holding some type of device trying right. to watch and, well, and, I and track. I've, yeah. I've said multiple times that, uh, God, put him on this earth to do math for me for the rest of my life. (laughs) Anything scientific in equipment or here, figure this out or fix this. That's perfect. Um, Because if I go into that type of environment, I'm not worried about equipment. I love, love, love the scientific way of doing things, you know, whether you want to call it scientific or not, but that's what people know it as. I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily think I agree with that term, but um, you know, all the equipment's laid out. And I've always said, you know, you can have a bunch of meters laid out and 20 ghosts in front of you. It doesn't mean it's going to light it up. A piece of equipment just lighting up doesn't really excite me. But when there's something going on that can uh, coincide with me getting some type of, you know, activity or mm-hmm. speaking with a spirit or whatever, or if an EVP catches an entire conversation that I'm having with a spirit, you can hear me ask a question and hear it answer me at the same time that I am as well. Then that's validating for me. And that's what fascinates me. Because how, how am I doing that at the same time that equipment is picking mm-hmm. up? So... I particularly enjoy working, you know, with Porter for that reason. He already knows the the history of the place usually, so he can tell me yes or no if I'm correct, um, which is usually not no. So, <laughs> well, have you guys been to a place where you look at the history and you're like, oh, this place has got to be haunted, and then you get there and Stephanie's I, like, uh, I there's there's nobody here. Like let's let's <laughs> go. Like let's just let's just go to Dairy uh, Queen or whatever because there's nothing. I, I I'm all for food. I mean, oh, it's usually McDonald's. McDonald's, but, yeah. It's all um, McDonald's. But I, I like, I'm a huge history nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we both are. And it actually annoys me, you know, going before, you know, um, we go to a, a location and you get to know all the history before I do. That's my number one question as soon as I'm done is, oh my God, you know, tell me the history of this place. Or, you know, if there's like a museum curator there or, you know, there's like, you know, somebody that knows everything about the property mm-hmm. that we might not have found in. Um, any type of records, Mm -hmm. then I love to know that stuff because sometimes I have always said, I love to peel back that extra layer and find the mystery behind the history, something that was lost in history or something that, you know, I can help piece together for someone. So Mm -hmm. I love working with him for that reason, because, you know, he already knows all that stuff ahead of time, or he can deal with all the equipment and the flashing lights and the two kind of go hand in hand and, and, and kind of meet in the middle, even though you weren't the biggest believer at first. Well, the best, yeah, true, true. But the best thing about it though, is when you can take something that is, a scientific type right. meter, and then you can see it interact as you're having your interaction. Right. Uh, just like when we were, I can't remember where we're at now. We were using the uh, uh, the kinetics, and that that spirit or whatever was there, and, right. and and somebody was saying that it was touching their their back, mm-hmm. and and you could you could see something, and then I was watching the kinetics, and I could see it touch them, and I put my hand out, and I said, "Can you touch my hand?" Mm-hmm. And you could literally see it on the kinetics reaching toward me, and the arm of it stretching to try to reach toward me. Uh, I think that was one of the things. So, just to explain the kinetics to the people who are listening, that so that's like a camera, that's the camera that shows like the stick figures, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, yes. and that's technology that kind of came from, uh, 
the Wii? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah Nintendo video. Wii and the yep. Microsoft Connect and stuff like that. Or... Yeah, that's it. Right. That's it. I mean, I'll be on investigations and I'll be sending him video from where I'm at to have him ex- explain everything to me because, yep. you know, his his various <laughs> degrees of everything, he knows, you know, how things work. And why isn't this piece of equipment working the way I want it to? Well, did you do this, this, and that? Did you shut it off? You turn it on? You take the batteries out? Yes, I did all that stuff. Now, please tell me why it's still not working. All right, throw it away. It's not right, going to work. Exactly. Just, just use your, just use your fields. So, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the fields, though, if, if, you have a, if, if you can, you know, talk to spirits or at least get some kind of message from them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to know is, so we die, we just hanging around or what? Like, is it, what are people doing? Like, why are they haunting a place? Why are they still hanging out in the house when they could be somewhere better? Or um, or Hawaii? Or Hawaii. Um, right, why would you haunt a place in up north? I mean, up north Wisconsin is nice during the summer, but it's like it's like negative 14 there right now. So you're you're dead and you're still there. Why? Um, you know, every spirit has a story, just like every person here has a story. And I found, you know, you have the the typical, you know, thing that everybody believes, I think, because it was on Casper, was there's unfinished business. I haven't come across that yet. Um, you know, some people are afraid to leave their families because they want to take care of them still. There's other people um, that depending on, you know, when they passed, um, their religious beliefs or their personal belief system um, keeps them here or, you know, they expected something different, um, you know, due to religious beliefs that they they decided to stick around because they were waiting for a certain something to happen. Um, You know, sometimes you have, uh, you know, a tragedy that happens so quick that they almost get lost and confused and need help finding their way. Um, And, you know, it's a very, you know, spectrum i mean it's a huge spectrum of what you know from one end to the other you know it doesn't matter whatever their personal story is it's always always different um i i did a a case probably about close to 10 years ago where um this poor woman was terrified of her home and you know the, the whole house would shake you know this stuff would happen that stuff would happen very dramatic and i said okay i'll come in here i'll check it out and um i remember finding the spirits in the garage terrified and you know i sat down you know who are you what's your name you know trying to figure out their story and they kept pointing outside the garage door so i opened the back door and i looked out and i saw this shrine which was due to a murder that happened with you know they they made a whole you know candles and flowers and everything with the person's picture on there well i start looking back and forth and i realized that the, the spirit standing in front of me like the face matches the picture that's across the street and he felt like he could not move on from what happened to him because everybody was still coming to that that place every single night and mourning his death and he wanted to be there every single night when they came and I had to explain to him that it's fine you know you can cross over you can come back and visit whenever you want and I kind of helped him along with this process but it's always a different story for each spirit and obviously very different from somebody that passed in the 1600s and 1700s to someone that might pass right now so okay so when you're talking to a spirit like the idea of to me like i don't always get the idea of like oh go to the light or go to the next place or whatever can they go to the next place and then come back for a visit yes like hey yeah. I, I, you know i was just in heaven or wherever it is or or nebraska right. wherever you go and be like hey i just wanted to stop in that you know make sure you weren't messing up the home or uh, <laughs> you know like the, that the new husband's not a total jerk or whatever right. um so, 
like, can they go back and, or in your experience, the people you talk to, can they go back and forth? Yes, absolutely. Once they've crossed over, they can visit wherever they want. They usually go through a, um, a learning curve, I call it, where they kind of have to get used to not being a physical body anymore and being, you know, a ball of energy instead. Um, you know, some spirits have told me that you have to sit down and kind of review your life, almost like, you know, reviewing a football tape after you just lost a game. Um, and going through, what was that for? I heard that jab. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I heard that. After you lost a game. Hmm. Um, so it was not a jab jerk. Um, <laughs> um, you know, reviewing the tape, so to speak, you know, reviewing like this is where, you know, this is where things went great. And, you know, this was a great deed that you did or, you know, different things like that or just kind of reviewing everything. Um, and but I get bits and pieces from them, I guess, because I'm not supposed to know everything, because if I knew everything, then it would kind of defeat the purpose. Sure. And I was we're not going to know everything until we get there. But I collect little pieces of information, you know, here and there from different spirits. So. So when you guys do the investigation, um, mm-hmm. like Porter, you were saying, like you'll see something happen on the on the machines or whatever you use or the meters, yeah. and then like while like, she's talking to them, right? So, yeah. like describe that in a way of like, so what kind of what kind of meter are you using, and is it she says something, and then all of a sudden um, you'll like see the K two pop up or whatever. Like, so, so how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, it could be any, any piece of equipment mm-hmm. that you're using. I mean, it could be, you know, if you're using a, a camera, a video camera, if you're using the Kinetics, uh, the Kinects. What's, uh, what's your preferred? Gosh, man, you know, I, 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 I vary. You know, it just depends. Um, right now, I have uh, I've really enjoyed using some of the uh, electrostatic uh, uh, machines that pick up static energy, the uh, periscopes. Um, I enjoy playing with those a little bit because they're, they are, they're, they're, they're easier to see, um, and and they kind of they're kind of directional in where the energy is coming from, um, and then the um, the, uh, the the spirit boxes. I've I've liked using some of those, although you you're not too crazy about those things. You're talking about uh, the, the thing with the blue lights. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So explain uh, this. So what what do you mean by spirit box? It's a whole bunch of different ones that people talk about. So what which ones are you talking about? And also Stephanie, what you're complaining about. Well, yeah, the, the, the like the Frank's box, you know those types oh, of things. Um, you know those. I don't even like Frank. Really interesting experiences with some of those. Um, and, you know, I've had them actually call out names of people that were in the room that that I had never mentioned the name, uh, and even say their relationships with one another. I've had. Now, uh, is this the box that will shoot out random words like the ovulus or whatever, no. or is it the one that does the radio frequencies? No, 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 no. That's not the phonetic generator or the I'm not um, a fan of those the SBX or SQ. Yeah, I feel like it's stretching at that yeah. point. Like, you know, sometimes they're interesting, but sometimes most of the time they're not. Yeah. The, the spirit box that you and I had the experience with, I think um, a friend of ours made, mm-hmm. um, and it was actually very well made, and we we tested yeah. it out um, that night. That was the first time we ever worked together. That was. And um, where were you guys? A, we were actually we're at the Sprague Mansion Sprague, in, yeah. um, in Cranston, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had just gotten done with an event, and we headed over there because we had a you know uh, investigation that night, and um, we we both didn't really know what to expect. From it. No, well, it was it was and it was just you know, excuse me, because I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about when it comes to this, but just uh, it, it sounded like just static at first. You it know? did, and it, it kind of evolved. So, so right when you, when you say spirit box, though, like let's get a so it's is it meant to capture an EVP or is it meant to be a a thing that a, a spirit could 
like it's, talk through electrically how yeah. does it how does yeah. it get through like it's it's auditory it's auditory yeah it's a, it's a communication medium i think what it is is it's a communication medium uh-huh. uh no pun intended um but it's it's a it's a device where the spirit can use electrical energy mm-hmm. uh to make this device create words for it so in other words if if Stephanie can hear whatever's out there speaking to her. Mm-hmm. That same entity or energy can use its energy to make the box do something similar so that those of us who don't have that gift can actually hear what the Spirit right. has to say. It's almost like using the white noise and the energy in the room and pulling at that in order for us to hear their voice. It's very similar to how AVPs work. Um, only AVPs you hear you know, either live or, or afterward, depending on what type of recorder you have. But this, this particular, um, yeah, this is live. And so if you're not a medium, then... And this, yes. I'm interested in this too. Okay, so the message that you get through your head or sixth sense or <laughs> however that happens versus the message that you get in the spirit box. Like, what is there sometimes a different message or sometimes like the spirit box message comes out and says, uh, bad day. And then you're like, no, no, no. He meant to say, I hope you don't have a bad day. Like, so what's the, like, it depends are, there, on the- are there various things that come out? Does, does the intention usually come out through the spirit box? Uh, to to the norms like me. This um, particular one, yeah, uh, was pretty accurate. Yeah, it was pretty close. Um, yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big skeptic, believe it or not. Yes, I talk to dead people for a living, but I don't believe in everything that comes across. You know, right. And um, this this particular one, we were testing it out, and it wasn't saying anything. And my mm-hmm. friends had worked with this before, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this isn't gonna work. And uh, as soon as I opened my mouth and I asked it a question, it answered me immediately. Yep. And at that point, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I thought, all right, well, let me keep going with this. And, you know, let everybody else ask something. Nothing happened. And then I asked again, and it would only communicate with me, which was mm-hmm. really strange. So okay. we kind of that a little bit. But yep. that was um, that was when you didn't really know what I could do. Yeah, I was still trying to figure you out. Right. You know, you were still strange to me. Well, and also, I mean, to make sure, sure. you know, because when somebody says they talk to dead people, if you don't talk to dead people yourself, you got to take that with a little bit of like, right? Yeah, I mean, you talk to, you talk to dead people, huh? What do you go to the morgue and talk to a corpse? I mean, what are you talking about here? Yeah, when <laughs> right. I first, I didn't think it would even. I didn't even think we'd be friends because yeah. we both come from two totally opposite backgrounds. Completely opposite. And uh, I just figured this is never going to work. You know, and that's the thing is that well, you were already predisposition. You already heard stories about me that yeah. that I was just going to be this this horrible person to try to deal with. And, um, and, and I am, you know, I have my faith and I have my belief and I, and I hold hold that tightly and, but I am, I'm open to investigation and, and looking and learning and trying to figure out what, what are these people, what is everybody experiencing? What is it that, what is it that Steph's experiencing, you know? And, and and for me, you're open-minded, but you need, you need to be validated. Yeah. You need the proof. And, and it's just like, of course, we don't talked earlier that we like history and we we like Mm -hmm. going to these places and we, we were in San Antonio and for the uh, for the uh, the um, uh, Alamo, Alamo City, City Comic Con, and Ooh. so we decided that one day we were going to walk over to the Alamo, and so we cut a trail and we walked over to the Alamo mm-hmm. together because you know we're both history nuts. We neither one of us have been to the Alamo. Right. We had to go, and so we're walking to the Alamo, and as we get to the sidewalk to cross the street, I step into the street. And I could immediately feel something. And that's something that I've noticed that, you know, when I'm doing investigations, you can you can feel if there's something around you or something changes in the it air. Change in the air, right. Yeah. And so I, I looked at Steph and I said, can you feel that? Yeah, you should probably correct that with more of like, 
he stopped abruptly. I kind of ran into the back of him and he turned around and grabbed my arm like something was wrong. And then I'm thinking, here I am blindly following you. You're the big guy in a city I don't know. You know, you know what what happened? What's wrong? Are we in danger? And he's like, do you he's feel like, that? He's like, Davy Crockett just touched my butt. Right. That, yes, I was right. scared. So I, uh, I said, of course I feel that. You know, we're getting closer to the place is all I kept thinking. Yep is, you know, I'm feeling the energy as we're getting closer and closer. We didn't know until we walked in and saw the... Um, there's a model in there. Yes. There's like, this whole table, um, and it shows you, you know, what it looked like when... Um, when they battled, when they had the battle right. um, Well, And also, all the ghost tours in San Antonio... First of all, I love San Antonio. What a beautiful... Uh, yeah. I mean, beautiful. beautiful city, the Riverwalk, everything. Fantastic. Oh, right. yeah, gorgeous. Um, and right now, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, oh, San Antonio is probably 65 degrees. Um, <laughs> but that's where the ghost tours meet up. They all meet up at the Alamo. So you have all those people, like, like the ghost city tours and the bus tours and everything. Yep. Like, that's yep. their meeting spot. And you got to think, even if there was no ghosts there or whatever, people are putting so much energy and thought oh, yes. and everything every day for these tours. Um like you're going to a place where people are hoping to have an experience every right. single day. Yeah. Well, I think that the thing that the, the point though that we were making was that when we stepped in the street, we didn't realize that, that yeah, that's like where the exterior change. wall was of the Alamo. That's where the battles. Ah. It's like we had just stepped into like you know right in front of that wall, you know, as if we just yeah. stepped inside of the the fort area. And when we looked and it showed you, you know, where each person was set up. And, you know, they're, they're basically like battle stations, really. Yeah. And uh, we, we realized where we were standing was when where a lot of, a lot of um, the death happened. And, you know, we thought that was kind of weird. And we mm -hmm. went back a second time. And it was a different vibe, but mm -hmm. it was it was still a creepy vibe. Um, we actually, you know, those ghost tours were starting right yeah. outside the door of our hotel. So every time we would walk by them, we kind of giggle a little bit. Like, do you want to go over there and help them out a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, hey, we don't do freebies. Right. <laughs> well, so what have you guys, I, I'd say, uh, we, we have a few more minutes with you. So I, mm -hmm. I, what is your most, I think, remarkable or when you think to yourself, like, this was my favorite investigation or this is the one that uh, I got the most validation from. Um, to yourselves, when you think about your favorite investigations or favorite paranormal experiences, I just, I'm interested to hear which they are. Gosh. That's a tough question. I mean, there's I mean, been life-changing ones. There's been, you know, okay. I would enjoy that. I think life-changing. I think life-changing is a good start. Uh, to well, where, I, you know, like so, like what's what's something that happened to you where you saw something or experienced something, and you're like, hey, I'm I'm gonna wake up tomorrow different because of this. Gosh, man, that's a tough one. But I think that that some of the uh, more exciting stuff that we've done together is is when we're doing like stuff for history. Yes. Just like we went to a, a large historic home here not too long ago, and as we were we were in in one in the room there, we were looking at the room, looking at everything in there, and Stephanie said something to me about there's there's somebody standing over there. Why is there somebody or somebody's in that room? Why is somebody in that room? And and I'm like, well, I can't see them. And and so then we walked around the corner, and as we walked around the corner, there was another doorway looking in that room. And I turned around and looked, and I said, Oh my gosh, she's sitting in the chair. And she snapped around and looked at me, and she goes, that's where I saw what I saw. And it's like, okay, this is strange, because now we've both seen the same thing. Because you didn't tell me you saw it in the chair until we got around the corner. Well, I didn't want to, because I didn't want to yeah, and then, paint that picture for him. Um, I mean, that that stuff lately, stuff like that's been happening. Happened a lot. And, um, I think so you're how. starting to see more 
now. Instead of just yeah. having through spirit boxes or meters or things like that, like you're getting a little bit of psychic rubbed off on you. Yeah. Well, Megan, why can't you sleep at night? Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I even uh, I, I had to go drop something off at my parents' house, and I brought him with me, and he was sitting in the car, and I had my back turned toward the house, and this is the, the house that was built in 1792, the infamous house I grew up in. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, yeah. looking for my keys to get in, looking at him, he's like, oh, your, your dad's standing right there. He's probably waiting to help you, you know, bring stuff in. I said, no, he's not. And he's like, no, he's standing right there. And I turned around and I said, no, he's not. And yeah, it's the that, guy with the tricorner hat, you know. Yeah, right, right. right. So I, I said, no, there's nobody there. And at that point, he was like, oh, no, he must have just walked back in. I went. My dad was upstairs. He had never come down. So, you know, he saw something and experienced something in the same house that I did, you know, growing up. And that kind of bothered him a little bit. Well, you know, that was that was different. But I think I think probably the most the most the craziest thing that's happened so far uh, with us working together is I turned around and I answered Steph and she looked at me funny and she was like, what? And I was like, well, you just said this, and I was answering you. And she says, no, I didn't say that. I was thinking it, but I didn't yeah. say it. I'm like, no, no, no. I yeah. heard it. It was your voice, and I heard it. You asked, and I answered. And she goes, no, I didn't say a word. <laughs> you ever want to see a southern guy get really aggravated? Tell him. <laughs> Tell me you didn't say something you did. Like you yeah. just thought. Yeah, you... You know, like right in the face trying to explain to me how he heard it and I said I did not say that out loud like I was busy working on my laptop or something like I was not even paying attention to him and he turned his head around like, what? I'm like you, you need to get out of my head right well technically you should have gotten out of mine I, I don't know who was in whose head but right. I you, it was somebody's right. head so, right. I don't know but, you know <laughs> well, well that's great that's interesting though because that's also uh, the thing about working together right you yeah. know like all of a sudden you're like well hey I'm working with a psychic and like sometimes she talks to me without talking okay <laughs> Right, like that's that comes with the terrors, but that's 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 the kind of thing where sometimes it's not the ghosts um, or the spirits that give the most interesting paranormal experience. It's right. the, it's it's the living people that you're working with that you're like, hey, I, you know, you you think about that song? Yeah, I'm thinking about that song. Or you know, you're thinking right. about a song and then somebody starts singing the chorus to it that you're standing next to that you had just you were just getting to the chorus in your head and you're like, stay out of there. Right. You don't, you don't want to see what's in here. Stay out. Um, yeah, like don't make a really like horrible, catchy commercial because then that'll be. Really oh my hard. gosh! Yeah. <laughs> horrible. Right. So people that want to learn more about what you guys do, uh, first of all, if you if you come out to the Hawaii Paranormal Convention, HawaiiParacon.com, you can hang out with all of us. Uh, right. In in so, paradise on yes. Friday the thirteenth of July, but if they can't make it out to the Big Island. How are they going to see what you guys are up to? Oh, gosh. We got um, a bunch. Yeah, we get a lot. Um, I know you can go to uh, my website, stephburke.com, and you can just click on events, and you'll see the full list of events of where we'll be this year. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. probably the easiest way to, to yeah. do that. Um, you know, we're both on Facebook. Um, mine is Work at Burke, and you are... Porter TWC or TWC Porter, actually. Right, yeah, yeah. TWC Porter. Yeah, TWC one. Porter, and I've got a list of events on there as well. Yep. And um, we're at almost 20 events together this year, yeah. all over. Uh, we'll be in Philly, we'll be in Utah, we'll mm -hmm. be in Michigan, we'll be... We'll be in the Bahamas on the Wraith Cruise. Yeah, that's right, we'll be in the Bahamas. Oh, are you we'll guys be... coming to the the Michigan Paracon in August? Yep. 
Oh, fantastic. We'll probably see it. Sault Ste. Marie. That's with yes. on for the first time last year. It really was fun. I heard it's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's 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 the biggest thing in Sault Ste. Marie all weekend. So it's like everybody there is a weirdo. You're gonna have an awesome time. Oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, but we'll be we'll be in Virginia. We'll be in yeah, uh, Virginia twice. We'll be at the Dunlora and at the Silver Thatch. Right. Um, we're gonna be at. We'll be in uh, Rhode Island. Gosh, <laughs> Fort Mifflin, Fort Adams, uh, USS Olympia. Mount Washington. Oh, yes. Mount Washington in New Hampshire will be yep. uh, coming up in April. April. We'll be in St. Augustine, Florida at yep. some point. Um, so anyway, it, it sounds like I got to talk to your agent because yeah. whoever's booking you is kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John. Amazing. John Brightman's awesome. awesome. Yeah, Bright Star Promotions. Yeah, he is awesome. Fantastic. Wow. Well, you guys, we're going to have links to this stuff at othersidepodcast.com slash 179. Stephanie and Porter, I got to say thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. For thank you. Us. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOC Nation. Since 2012, HIAC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legans every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network, Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, 
whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.